0: Chat GPT is all everyone can talk about, but can AI hurt your content efforts as opposed to help your content efforts? Whatever your view is, it is undeniable that AI has changed how you need to approach content marketing forever. Plus, TikTok is now the number one social media app, but will its place be short-lived? all that and a whole lot more in this episode of inbound buzz welcome to the inbound buzz podcast your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing brought to you by redpandas.com.au now for your host and co-founder of red pandas Moby Sadiq
1: Welcome to the Inbound Buds Podcast, episode 134. My name is Tony Cow, and welcome back, Moby Sadiq. How man, are you going?
0: Man, I, I don't know. I feel a little bit hurt, Tony. Like, you know, you <laughs> replaced me last episode. You had a, a much more, I'm sure, you know, better looking person than me on the show, you know. But, uh, but no, it's good to be back, man. It's really good to absolutely. be back here.
1: With your expertise and knowledge, absolutely. Always oh, Tony, good to be back.
0: You know, like... Your place in red Pen is cemented. You don't need to kiss my ass. Like <laughs> We cannot run the business without you. That's <laughs> good to okay. be here, man. What are we talking about today? What do we got so, on?
1: So our first news buzz section, um, Google Ads new transparency center. Interesting. So Google Ads uh, recently um, has got a new Google Ads um, transparency center they've set up. So, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, when you look at ads now, you can see like, who the advertiser are, the business details, even ads that they're running. um, Anything to do with political ads, they have to show. Um, I was really excited about it, maybe. Like, I was like, man, he's sick. He's like, you know, Facebook ads library. It's not there yet. Because you can yet.
0: see your competition. That's that, that's what that, that's what you're telling me because I got really excited. I'm like, oh, it's like Facebook ads library. You can – and I remember when Facebook Ad- ads library came out years ago. And I don't know if you are the same, Tony. I used that shit to sell – everyone because like everyone's like wow it was new right yeah. this is what your competitors are running so i thought that's the whole thing because that's how they're promoting it they said now you can see your competitors ads yeah but you think it's not as good as it's
1: not yet you know we, we can't um, write off you know youtube yet i think it's going to get better and better but just right now it's mm-hmm. you know i was excited about it but it's not as good as facebook's library yet
0: yeah well let's give them benefit of the doubt. i know they're still rolling it out they're trying to make it better uh, I know not everyone has it yet. I know you have seen it, but the idea is the Ads Transparency Center will be a searchable hub for all ads served by verified advertisers. So I'd like to hope it gets to that level where um, uh, Facebook ads libraries, because that'd be pretty cool. Mm. But the idea is you can see ads, what ads in a certain region, which I really like. Mm. Whereas I don't think does ads library give you ads in a certain region? Yeah, they do. Oh okay, all right, cool. So it'll be like they're just trying to match that, right? Ads ads in a certain region in the last date the ad ran in the format of the ad so i think it's pretty cool
1: yeah because originally with youtube ads or um you know with youtube ads specifically we had to use a spy tool called video ads vault or Vidtail. Mm. and now we Third can, like party. yeah pay money for that so it'll be good if we could just get it for free
0: cool the, the next one i'm really excited about so now officially we have spoken about tiktok as being the fastest growing app But now it's officially the number one app. And this is hot at the heels of the US government trying to take it down, which by the time this show comes out, it it might be gone from the US. It Mm. might be gone, right? But in Q1 of 2023, TikTok surpassed Instagram as the number one social media app in the world. Not only that, it also became the number one app in consumer spending. And in Jan, TikTok became the second non-gaming app to reach an all-time in-app consumer spend of six billion dollars and the government's trying to get rid of it
1: they're trying to ban it
0: do you reckon what's (laughs) (laughs) i don't know tony like the we've spent i'm so sick and tired of talking about this like ever since we started doing the show together every six months three months it's like they're going to get rid of it they're going to get rid of it it's like guys just like just
1: kill us already just stop
0: giving us this slow death
1: and tiktok even said um i've you're watching the ceo that was in the american um judicial system he was saying like um We will put the servers in America. You guys can look at it. Like, you know, it's in American territory. You guys can view it, look at it. Is that okay? And they still said, "Nah, that's not good enough. How crazy is that?
0: (laughs) Okay, so this is not Alex Jones. This is not a conspiracy show. But I will say this and then I will stop that there is a lot of, uh growing evidence that this is used to the restrict act right i think it's called the restrict act or whatever it's used as an excuse yeah because they want to ban vpns they want to ban tick tock they want to use it as an excuse so if you can't control crypto and the finance markets and the apps you can control the internet
1: interesting yeah
0: i'm gonna like I'm not an Alex Jones supporter, guys, so no this one thinks not flat that. Earth. <laughs> this this is, is, is not flat earth. earth.com, <laughs> right? But uh, look, there. I think there's merit to the argument that there's another reason. But to be honest, like you and I were catching up before, like uh, this would be really upsetting because TikTok is an amazing app, right? Yeah. They bridged, they evolved social media. And you said this earlier, it's not social media. What do you call it? It's social entertainment. It's social entertainment. And we spoke about this once before, how we move from the social graph to the interest graph. So it's less about your closed network of people that you know, mm. and it's more around your interests and what you're into. And yes, YouTube Shorts is trying to catch up, but the algorithm's still not as good. Mm. It's not nearly as good from shareability. Like YouTube doesn't let you download the short, whereas you know, Tony, you're not on TikTok, but I'm. I can still download something and share it with you. Fantastic. I yeah. can. It just leaves a watermark on, right? From a shareability perspective, and also the algorithm, right? It's just. The algorithm is just too good. Mm. TikTok's algorithm is too good. It's too adaptive. It's too linked to your social, uh, I guess, your interest graph. And this is coming from someone who's on YouTube shorts a lot. Mm. I am on YouTube shorts a lot. It's just not there. Editing, you can't edit as good. Mm. The music library isn't as good. You can't share. So it would be a real damn shame. And I feel like it is happening, but...
1: And especially for all the influencers who built such a big following, like I feel like all that hard work just gone like that, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's the only network where I have a decent (laughs) amount of people. So, I'd be lying if I said that wouldn't be the thing. But to be honest, like the the skills that I've learned in snackable content over the last couple of years, I could apply anywhere. But Tony, that's what I'm saying. Like I tried to use reels. And YouTube Shorts and use like adding music and over. It's not the same, man. Mm. It's just not the same. Like TikTok as a video editing app is better than anything free on the market.
1: Well, why is that so? It's just so easy to use. Yeah, right.
0: They just every three, four months, they keep evolving it. You can overlay images. You can add clips all inside of the app. Mm. So it actually doubles as a, because it's such a, we're talking about this. It's an entertainment app. Mm. It's not just a social media app. It's an entertainment app. So it ha- has, and I think they even own CapCut as well, right? Yeah. Which is a standalone editing app as well. The other networks, they just don't have it. They just don't have it. Quick question.
1: If, you know, because the company that owns um, TikTok.
0: Uh, ByteDance? Yeah,
1: ByteDance. If they don't sell act
0: a- like you don't know them, Tony. <laughs> no,
1: I actually forgot. We were talking about last yeah. <laughs> week. <laughs> if they sell it off, do you reckon it will still be just as good? If they sell it off.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know why? Because the if you buy it, if you buy it properly, you get the IP, you get the technology, you get the developers, um, you get a lot there. I think. I think another, uh, another interesting question on top of that is what happens if it goes down? Because there's going to be a void here because TikTok, sorry, YouTube Shorts and Reels aren't good enough to fill that void. Now I know Reels was a standalone app and they brought it back. They did this whole thing, but. I actually predict that YouTube might give it a go. Like if TikTok goes down, they might create a Shorts app.
1: Interesting. Because,
0: Take yeah, because it's it's just different. Like, you know, when you have that Shorts thing on its own or the, that snackable form on its own, it's just different. There's a different ecosystem. Like jumping in and out just feels like a different experience. It just feels like having like Uber Eats and the Uber app in one. Mm. That's why we both split them.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, good but point. But it
0: just depends on... Like I know in Asia, they have the Grab app and you can do everything Grab. Food, uh, delivery, everything. I, so I don't know about that. So, Tony, you don't know anything about I Asian culture. Uber <laughs> Uber <eats. laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, anyway, but I'm so sick and tired of talking about this and I'm sure our audience is as yeah. well, but just kill it already, man. Just put us out of our misery.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Our next uh, news buzz... Meta launches new Reels ad option as it leans into evolving consumption shifts. And this is interesting because originally we had the Messenger app ad where you could create a Facebook ad, right? And target um, people that can message businesses on Messenger. But now they are allowing on Reels because they notice that through um, know, data that social media uh, users you know, have uh, changed a lot of their um, you know, behaviors on the platform. So, you know, what happens is now, let's say, you know, instead of doing a social post, you know, uh, you know whatever, you know, most social people did in the past, now it's more DMs. Like when I mm. see something nice on you know, Instagram, I kind of just DM. It's on
0: newsfeed tags and comments and conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, a recent survey shows that almost 50% of real view- viewers have made DM contacts with a brand after seeing its short video content. So imagine on Reels and stuff, um, you know, you, a business has a nice content about a product in you know, e-commerce. 50% of people that watch that will message the brand and ask more information about mm-hmm. it. So that's interesting. Like,
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to not 50% of everyone who's seen that. What that study is saying, like 50% of... See, I'd love to know what they mean by that. Because there's two ways I could take that. The other way I could take that of all the people who use Reels... Fifty percent of them at some point saw something and then DM.
1: Yeah, fifty percent of real viewers. Yeah,
0: but is it like a? It's not every real. It is a, anyone who's used Reels. Yes, that's correct. It's probably like an ad that they might have done once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still, but still, it still shows that we've used it. Yeah, half of us have used it. So, so
1: that's interesting. Like, um, you know, so like for businesses out there advertising with the messenger app on Reels could help you get more business. Give, deliver a better quality service, you know, reply back to the customer, the prospect, and, you know, lead them to a, a nurturing funnel and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's it um, for our news buzz. Uh, moving on, feature buzz, how your content strategy must adapt to AI. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so we, I, I had a thing on my LinkedIn, a uh, little uh, uh, post about this and had a bit of a conversation with some people, and I thought I'd talk about it here. The thing is, Tony, like everyone knows this, there's already so much crappy content out there, right? Mm. Pre-AI, so much crappy content out there. And you just get this sense that with AI, chat GPT, mid-journey, that the amount of subpar drivel is just going to go exponentially up. Mm. It's just going to go up, right? There's just so much crappy content out there. And the thing is, you and I speak about this. It's the hard stuff in business that works, mm. right? You know, you shared that example with me. Building communities, building a brand, doing good content, you know, getting a podcast, getting video editors, cutting it up properly, not just doing some shitty thing at home. Like you have to do the hard thing, Mm. get a content manager, hire them full time, train them. The, The cheap, easy shit doesn't work, but people don't learn. People don't learn. They'll still try the cheap, easy shit and they'd be disappointed. Now, the problem with that is if your content is kind of already average, it's going to look a lot more average. Mm. So in this episode for our featured buzz, I wanted to talk about what brands can do as an opportunity to actually stand out. Mm. It's actually easier than – it's easy and it's not. Like, it's very simple, but it is there's some simple things brands can do to stand out from all this crappy AI content that's about to hit our shores.
1: But we're not saying don't use AI, right? We're not against it.
0: No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And like, I can get to that a little bit later, but – it it should be a tool. Okay, it's, I'm not saying it's a good point. I'm not saying it's crap and don't use it, but don't people are inevitably going to just
1: rely on it okay. and create shitty content. So what should brands do? You know, even maybe using AI, you know, like they are, we can't stop them, but also produce good quality content. What do we do? Like, so
0: the first tip is stories, right? Anyone who's watched our story brand episode, which is a way how to cut through using principles of storytelling, mm. this will make sense to. Stand the test of time. Use stories and personality. So I want to share a quote by my friend, Marcus Sheridan. He says that if ChatGPT could write the same post, you've failed. Include experiences from your customers, team and the market. So if ChatGPT can write it, we actually had an article recently um, because not all the articles we write, we approve. Most of them we do. But an article that uh, our, our amazing content writer Luca did where Linda and I looked at it. We're like, look, it's a good piece of content, but it just looks like something that ChatGPT did. Like, it, don't put that out, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, in our, in a lot of our content, people can check out our blog on redpandas.com.au. In our blog, you'll find we will use... Luca likes using memes. He likes using his personality. It's still a very professional blog that generates us decent revenue. But he does it in a way where it's his, his personality. So, adding soul, personality, it's going to be easier to consume.
1: So, like... I don't want to dive too deep. Do you mean like using tone and like 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 jokes? or Is that, the, is that what we mean by yeah, personality? Yeah, I mean, or?
0: okay. If you're a lawyer, maybe you don't need to put memes, although I'd argue you probably could. But it's like just adding tone and personality, like, you know, relevance. You don't have to be funny. You can have authority. You can be like, you know, we understand how it feels like uh, when, you know, you're in an accident and someone destroys your vehicle. Right, We understand. It's like adding that empathy, that care. Now, it can be argued AI can do that, but it can't do it in a consistent way that a brand can do it. And the more, I I know not not all brands can do that, but you need to try to add personality and soul to your content. Because again, if it looks like AI did it, then it's not good content. Interesting. What's another point? Oops. My second one is build relevance in your intro. So, this is a very tactical thing. So, in They Ask You Answer, we follow the They Ask You Answer methodology. And and to be fair, actually, a lot of methodologies do this, right? Mm. You want to build relevance in your intro. So, when they read that first paragraph, you want someone reading that paragraph thinking, oh, yeah, that's me. Shit, I have that problem, right? So, an example example I want to share from one of our blogs that we recently did is, and this blog was about how to use virtual selling, right? Like virtual selling to to Mm. sell. Have you ever tried to make a sale over Zoom but found it difficult to communicate effectively and build trust? In this article, we'll provide you with strategies that we use to shorten the sales cycle to win more deals virtually. Now, if you are a sales rep and you struggle or you struggle to make that pivot from offline selling or you still believe that offline selling in person is the best, and to be honest, it is. You can't always do that. So, Mm -hmm. how do you bridge that? How do you actually make it close to offline selling? If you're reading that, you're like, oh, that's me. You know what I mean? Mm. So, that's the idea. So, it's a simple one, but use relevance
1: in your intros so they feel like, yeah, that's me. Okay. Interesting. What about like um, word count and stuff when it comes to content? One of the dumbest,
0: most outdated SEO tips in 2023 is word count limits. Like every time I see this, oh, your word count must be 1,400 words. It's a pile of shit, right? <laughs> it honestly is. The, the real answer is the limit is however long it needs to be to answer that query adequately. Interesting, yeah. However long it needs to be, either whether it's 500 words and an infographic or 4,000, 5,000 words, and this is the thing like you don't if you if you're asking that question how long does it need to be actually to be honest it could be you know naive you, you don't know you, you know but if you're asking cuz like you're trying to game the system it's just lazy man yeah. it's just lazy
1: yeah
0: if there's a question around and uh, i don't know why i thought of erectile dysfunction i don't have erectile dysfunction <laughs> and even if i did it's no one's business we have a client call, uh, you know in the in that uh, um in that industry which i, I won't mention but um but we have a client and if they did a thing on like you know, what is erectile dysfunction or what causes erectile dysfunction and you just put some subpar drivel there, yeah, versus compared to, okay, you actually research the keyword research and you use the keywords in the headers and the H2s and you're like causes, treatments, options, whatever. To do that properly, that's not 500 words. Hmm. So, th- that th- that whole thing, the whole tip there
1: is however long it needs to be
0: to answer that
1: query. Okay, that's that's very tactical what you said about keyword research and stuff. So like when you're producing content, do you go full in into like a product, a niche or like how do you approach it?
0: So the way we do, we use content clusters and what we'll do is so for example, you know, give me a topic, Tony, like an SEO topic.
1: Should we build upon the men's health or should we go on to different Let's thing? move on to something else because okay. <laughs> people start getting ideas. Okay. um, Let's for. Like, cake i don't
0: know uh, okay that... let's uh, what about like yeah personalized cakes right yeah. personalized cakes let's go slightly niche so personalized cakes so what i would do is the first thing is literally look into the, your inquiries like think about all the questions people actually ask you you know can i personalize my cake can i get it gluten-free can i do this uh what are my limits if i don't want to use artificial dye whatever it is right so that's the common sense thing but you do that The next thing is start using research tools. Now, if you don't want to pay for a tool like SEMrush, if you just use the people ask section, people also ask section, and you put in a keyword, it will often give you that. It will give you the questions. And if if it's not, then just put in a question like why or what is the best type of Mm. uh, personalized cake, whatever, right? Now, going a step further, I would actually recommend using a tool like SEMrush and finding all the themes. Then all of a sudden, now you have that, if you think of like a a flowchart, you have uh, personalized cakes. And what are the sub-themes? Maybe the cost, maybe types, maybe flavoring, benefits, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, you have a content cluster. Mm. And then if you wanted to make a kick-ass page better than anyone on Personalized Cakes, you could talk about that and the subtopics have them as subheaders. Okay. So, that would be a really good pillar page. If you want to go a step beyond that, then each of those subtopics, you can then branch off into their own pages that link back to the main page. But that's a very tactical answer to a tactical question, but mm. that, that's how I would do it.
1: Okay. And then like moving into the next point, is that like how you would, would it just be on the website pages or like, because, you know, you speak to me about like, snackable content, yeah. you know, like pilots. Um, explain to that. because
0: Yeah. The snackable content as a pilot thing is this, right? So um, not all these things are related to AI, by the way, obviously, right? Like this is what you just need to do, mm. right? So just to recap so far, use stories and personality. Build relevance in your intros. Ignore word count limits. Use snackable content as pilots. The other really, so when I started doing, and I, this happened just by accident, when I started TikTok in 2020 and I was doing four posts a day and killing myself, what I would find is some posts would pop and some wouldn't. And then that would be really good market research for me. So, you know, with shows, TV shows, you have a pilot they have one episode, if it works well and it trends well and tests well with audiences, yep. they then develop it into a series. That's how the the TV industry works. Do the same thing with your content. So, if you're putting out so much snackable content, you will start seeing and feeling what pops. So, this an example like this, this is very meta right now. This topic that we're talking about, like how you need to evolve uh, mm. content in light of AI, the only reason why I added it as a feature topic was on LinkedIn, it kicked ass. Oh,
1: okay. It did
0: really well on LinkedIn. I'm like, mm, okay, cool. I, I can bridge that. So, I've said this before. If you follow everything that Red Panda's do and every content that I put out, whether it's my personal TikTok, LinkedIn, Red Panda's LinkedIn, our show, our Instagram, you'll notice common trends, our email database, but people don't follow everything you do. So like repeating yourself is actually a good thing, right? But here the point is use, treat content, snackable content as pilots, um, you know, for you to develop your longer form,
1: your your downloads, that type of thing. Interesting. Yeah. So like moving to the next point, you'll speak about never create a piece of content without knowing it's other three to four f- formats. So build on that. What you Yeah,
0: about. so it's it's kind of sort of related to the previous point. So when I first started podcasting, uh, when I did it myself and I didn't have Tony next to me, it's <laughs> a lot more fun with you, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Tony. I you. will admit it's a lot more fun. Um, in 2016, 2017. And then I think about 2020, I gave it up because I saw diminishing returns. Like I did it for four years and yeah, I actually did get a couple of clients. I definitely, Red Panda's definitely got some clients out of it. But I'm like, it just feels like a waste of time. So, now when we actually came back, we came back with a vengeance. You know, some people will know we have two shows, Mm. right? We've got Inbound Buzz, we have Marketing Mentors. And before we even started, we're like, this is going to be our strategy. We're going to have one show. We're going to cut it up into uh, each show into four or five snippets. Those snippets are going to go on IG, TikTok, LinkedIn, people's personal LinkedIn if they want, wherever they want there. Then also, we use some of that content that works really well, the pilot content as an article. It's a written article. Then we'll use it in the EDM. The point is repurposing isn't freaking my biggest bugbear is repurposing is taking the link of your blog and putting it on LinkedIn. That's not repurposing. Mm. Repurposing is if it, taking the the article, turning it into carousels on LinkedIn. So it's the same message delivered mm. in a different format. Yeah, right. It is this po this podcast was a LinkedIn post I
1: did. We turn you and I turned it into a conversation. Yeah. That's repurposing. And it's gonna be on TikTok. Um, YouTube Shorts and the list goes on. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, don't
0: don't waste your time. Like, be smart slash lazy. Don't create anything that takes so much time because naturally you just give up. The average podcast only lasts 12 episodes before they give up. Yeah, right. And yeah. I think it's because they, they don't have resilience. They don't want to persist. They can't really see that light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're not putting in two, three, four different things, it is a waste of time
1: because mm.
0: how many podcasts out there, like how many people are going to listen to you? You
1: know? Interesting. Another question, is AI going to remove Luca, <laughs> our content manager? Yeah, so we're kind
0: of good. We're kind of coming full circle now. I like to say that AI is a friend, not a Terminator foe, okay. right? AI isn't, the, and, and it's it's really important we mention this because in the intro, people might think, I actually hate AI. In our show notes, actually, I'm going to link to a Notion board that we created at Red Pandas and it's got like 20-odd, AI prompts, mm. like how to create an outline, a content outline, how to do keyword research, how to do they ask you answer content. So, nice. we'll share that in the show notes. This episode will be 134. So, redpandas.com.au forward slash ep134. I'll share that. So, um, it can help you, but it's not going to replace anything. Mm. You know what I mean? It can help save you time. You know, if you if you really, really want to, you could take a post by what your competitor, right? Right. You could put it into ChatGPT and you could say, rewrite this so it doesn't look plagiarized. Now, if you stop there, then you're lazy. Then you're lazy and it's probably not a nice thing to do. Mm. But if you did that and then you added your own things to it and you added your own perspective, your own personality and you bridged on that, then who's to say you did anything wrong? Yeah. It's an ethically relevant question, but you've created it. There's no new ideas anymore.
1: You know what I mean?
0: So it's pretty smart as well, right? Like, 100%, 100%. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The final thing I'll say is definitely look into this. Like, and this is something that I, I want to do more with myself personally. But you know, our partners at Impact—they sell workshops every so often on AI, so you can get a workshop there. There's a course in Udemy that I'm looking at as well, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. It's how to have prompts, like the right prompts to put in for ChatGPT for content marketers, I believe. But um, but yeah, and it's like a thirty-five dollar course. Yeah, you know, spend an hour. Don't watch Netflix that week. And just do the course. But they're my tips for content now with the advent of AI and all this content subpar drivel that's coming, what you need to
1: do to stand out. So just to wrap it up, uh, how your content strategy must adapt to AI, use stories and personality, build relevance in your intro, ignore the word count limit, use snackable content as pilots, never create one piece of content without knowing its other three or four formats. And AI is a friend, not your Terminator foe. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, our next segment, Tony's tips, boost sales with upsells and cross-sells.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about this one, Tony. So, because um, I always thought upsells, cross-sells, like I kind of use that, I've used it interchangeably, I must admit, but mm. it's more than
1: that, isn't it? Yeah, so we get this, we get asked this a lot from our clients, like what's the difference between upsells, cross-sells, when do you use upsells or cross-sells, you know? So I just want to explain, you know, what's the difference between upsells and um, cross-sells? Upselling is encouraging customers to purchase a comparable high-end value or product than the one that they're questioning to buy. So basically, you know, we're about to buy something and let's say it's um, an iPhone or a Mac, right? And we'll, you know, we'll go to the uh, website and have a look later. Um, you know, like a MacBook, a MacBook, uh, what's the newest one now, maybe you just bought a new MacBook.
0: Yeah. Mac. Oh, there's a pro now. There's a new MacBook pro M2, yeah. M2, M2 chip. m Yeah.
1: And let's say it's got, uh, how many RAM? Eight RAMs. Is it?
0: Eight or 16 of uh, RAM, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: So we were to increase the RAM to 16 and all we were to increase the storage from one tetrabyte to two tetrabytes. That is an upsell. I think it's terabyte. But oh, terabyte. I, sorry. I, I just <laughs> I'm not the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I get you. I yeah. get you. So, that's, that's the upsell. Upsell. Yeah, that's the upsell. Yeah, it's so, the same thing but more yep. quality. Uh, increasing
1: yeah. the average order value just through the value, you know, to a, a better product maybe mm-hmm. or to a like a bigger quantity. If you're selling, you know, a one-liter Coke bottle, it'll be a two-liter Coke, Coke bottle. Mm. So, that's just the difference. Um, a cross-sell. we
0: with that. Is... A
1: cross sell. Cross sell. Okay. Yeah, exactly. With that is
0: a cross sell. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, and usually we are just building on that. With like McDonald's, they sell the bundle, right? And that's an upsell itself with the chips and the fries. So, you know, with the burger. Yep. So, a cross sell is uh, inviting customers to buy related complementary items on top of the original purchase, like we're talking about with McDonald's or you know any fast food. You get the burger. Do you want fries with that? Do you want Coke coke with that? It's supporting. It's complementary to the original hero product. Every website or every business has a hero product or service, something that sells a lot, something that people look up to. You know, like um, Apple has a lot, but let's say, for example, the MacBook, right? They go there for the MacBook or the iPhone and then they go and upsell at the end of the funnel after the check... Sorry, before the checkout page or sometimes after... You know, like, um, do you want iPods? Do you want um, magic trackpads and Mm. magic keyboards? And the list goes on. So we can see that's usually at, um, and actually comes to my next point like, um, when do you upsell and when do you um, cross sell? What we see a lot, and you know, it's just best practices, you upsell on the product page. You know, it's just the best, you know, you, you see the product. There's, you know, like a product page descriptions, you know, do you want to get two quantities or do you want to buy, you know, like um, a...
0: a version, like the yeah. RAM thing. Yeah, yeah. You want to upgrade the spec. Yeah.
1: That's the best version. I wouldn't really recommend um, upselling right now because people might be confused and they're looking at the product. You want them to quickly make a purchase, you know, like psychologically in mm. their brain, right? You want them to go add to cart. So usually just try to focus with an upsell. There is strategies and, you know, we've seen where people and you know, like websites use bundles and stuff and that can help with an upsell. But with a, you know, upsell, let's just focus on the product page.
0: Okay, focus the upsell on the product page. So I know we might look at a quick example because yeah. I think that, that makes sense. To ask you like a really dumb question, if someone doesn't have any of that, right? Like they don't have upsell, cross-sell yet. They just have e ecom site. What would you focus on first? All things equal. What would you focus on first?
1: The upsell. Right. It's easy to sell something um, at the start. That you're already committed to. Yeah. And it, it depends because like, let's say like uh, one of our clients, AWO, you know, uh, Bass. Selling shout out. Wholesale oils. Shout <laughs> out to them. Yep. So they have, um, you know, selling essential oils. They have a one liter. It's easier to increase it to two liters, right? um, per purchase just from where the buy is at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if there's something even more complementary, then I would add the upsell, like the diffusers, you know, I, oh, mm, That's don't you a cross you, call- yeah, that's a cross sell. Yeah, yeah. That's when I would introduce that, mm-hmm. but for the time being, I would just focus on the upsell.
0: Right. So did you want to look, share this example?
1: Okay. Um, uh, which one did you want to look at?
0: So uh, this is uh, obviously if you guys want to watch the video version, Um, then you can check it out, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP134. But we're looking at a MacBook Pro essentially.
1: Yes. So looking at the Apple website, one of the biggest websites, you know, where people go and have a look, we can see how they've um, structured their um, funnels. The upsells are all at the product page. Um, You know, you don't see like, do you want... um, Accessories or case or
0: anything like that. Their focus
1: yeah. is to try increase the average order value, um, you know, just with an upsell. And they want you to commit to the order. So you can see it's like uh, memory, eight gigabytes, 16 gigabytes, 24 gigabytes or storage. So they're upselling the value of the product or to a better product, mm-hmm. increasing the average order value. Now go to add to bag. Add to bag. Is that all we're purchasing since I'm Well, it's
0: uh, up to you, Tony. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so, there you got the cross sales.
1: Now, we've got the cross sales. You can see, you know, do you want to add to bag, you, you know, USB-C lighting, USB. So, you can see that now, you know, the buyer is committed to the product. Now, yeah. it's time to upsell.
0: That makes sense. That makes so much sense. Like, you, you showing that, talking us through that, it makes sense. If you weren't doing anything, focus on the upsell mm. because you're already committed to that. Yeah. I mean, Apple's Apple, right? They've done all these studies and whatever, but you've already committed to it. So I bought a jujitsu gi the other day oh, nice. and they didn't do an upsell, but they did a cross-sell. And I'm like, uh, not really. But if they had said like, oh, for $5 more, you get a slightly better version. I'm like, it's only $5 more and I'm, I was
1: already going to buy it anyway. Mm. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. But a, a cross-sell is pretty good also in life cycle campaigns where after they purchase and they go away, you can always try to upsell them later with an email, SMS or an ad. That, that helps, you know what I mean? That's what upsells is about, you know, just the retention of a customer. Fair. Why does like upsells and uh work so well? And it was an article that you shared me and I thought it was very interesting. Um, you know, product combinations or product recommendations usually positions the um, business as experts. If they're recommending um, a product, let's say you're buying mm. shoes and you want socks. Because you're recommending a product, and a complementary product, socks, the buyer just um, perceives yeah, perceives you as like an expert.
0: That just, those things go together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it really helps. You buy those uh, uh, shoes and they come with the anklelet socks. It's like, okay, they're the socks I'm supposed to get. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you buy this oil, comes with that oil. Yeah. Okay, that's a natural extension.
1: And yeah, you just automatically become like a credible you know, expert. And without, you know, like really trying, right? So that's mm. quite interesting.
0: You know, just to pull this into the service industry a little bit, I think it can be applied to the service industry too because one of the things that I've lo- uh, I've read in the Jolt Effect is... The what, sorry? The, the... Jolt Effect. Okay. It talks about how you deal with indecision in sales. And it's like one of the things you can... It seems ironic, right? But to reduce indecision, you can upsell them more support. Right. So you can say, look, we're going to sell you this, you know, service package, whatever, and we're going. Let's say we're installing HubSpot for someone, but we're going to also give you this support package at an extra cost. And what that tells them, yeah, it's an upsell, but at the same time, they're like, oh, okay, these guys know I need the support, or clients like me who go through this must need the support. The other mob didn't offer me that. Mm. Now I'm scared to go with the other mob. So that, that makes sense. And I think it can apply to B2B that
1: way. I, remember like once I was throwing back with that Joel DeFell and I was like, uh, Moby, like they want to drop in their package. And you're like, no, we're going to upsell them. And I was like, well, what, what are you doing there? Man? I think yeah, <laughs> you got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you were a bit skeptical. you You're like,
0: yeah. oh, no, Moby, you don't get it. They've told, me, they've told me they don't have money. They don't have budget. And what I said was, no, we haven't built the value enough. Yeah, That's what it is. They, they, they will find the budget if we build the value enough. And sure enough, uh we actually upsold them yeah and we, i purposely raised the price right i purposely raised the price they were getting a better service they were getting more time but it was a very conscious effort to show them no this is very different to what you had before and yeah. that's how they would have perceived it because that's the reality
1: so you upselled, it was crazy yeah i was like blown away when you did that so tony you already got the job man <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Okay. And that wraps it up for uh, Tony's tips, boost sales with upsells and cross sales.
0: Thanks, Tony. It was, really, um, it was, good. It was good. I know it's slightly longer but man, I just missed you, man. I just felt so left out. <laughs> Hopefully, I've, I've got to work harder to stay on your good books to be on this <laughs> show. Makes up
1: for last week. We made it longer this week.
0: There we go. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Please uh, leave us a review, like, share wherever you see everything and uh, we'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz.